0: And now,
1: weighing in, out of the blue
0: corner, John the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other side, he weighs in. in from the red
1: corner, big John McCosney. Nice.
0: Well, hello to everyone. We are back. The Weighing In podcast is back to give you all kinds of information on the world of MMA, boxing, and combat sports. This is show 205, the same as the very first, almost the first, But the first legalized version of the UFC in New York, that was 205. So that shows you how special this show could be. And we do have someone from the East Coast that we are going to have as an interview. The undefeated 15-0 Sean Brady coming on to talk to the punk and I. Josh Thompson, how you feeling, baby?
1: Feeling good, man. I'm looking forward to this interview, talking to him. He's got a little bone to pick with me. You guys are going to enjoy it because you guys (laughs) love when people pick on me because that's what we do around here. But
0: I love it, so hopefully you guys enjoy the interview. So let's get to the man, the guy that has put everybody on notice that he is someone to deal with in the welterweight division, 170 pounds, 15-0, Sean Brady. Let's talk to him. And now we are fortunate enough to have a guy that is making huge waves. Everyone is starting to realize how special he is, how talented he is. Had a big win against Michael Chiesa just about a week ago. Sean Brady, how are you doing, brother? I'm good, man. About uh, a week removed. I just
2: got done doing a a nice little lift and sitting in the sauna and just trying to get my body back to normal. But um, I'm feeling good, man. It was a hard-fought hard win, and uh, I definitely – definitely had to earn it so I I feel good all right so
1: let's just get right down to the nitty-gritty Sean's got a bone to pick with me of course and I saw him going just crazy on Twitter and I reached out I was like hey man I know we were supposed to have you on a couple weeks back but let's get you on now so you can go ahead and just
0: thrash the Thompson let's go buddy (laughs) hey Sean hey Sean look at this way you're not alone dude Listen, <laughs> I was like, bro, if you got something to say, yeah. come on. The say list it to me. is say long and distinguished. Oh, man. It's... You're not the only
2: one, my brother. <laughs> so for me, like, it, I was just like, because I know how it, how it came off. Like, people were probably like, damn, like, Sean's definitely getting tired. But I, like, it just hurt my, like, it hurt my inside because <laughs> I do <laughs> – So much more training, like so many extra rounds, like so much, like I've ran three or four times this week and I just fought, like I do so much extra stuff, but when he hit me with a, hit me with like a good cross and, um, it didn't even hurt, but my nose, like immediately I, it was, I took him down and then I was on his back. Like I had a body lock and all the blood started to pour out of my mouth and I was like, holy shit, like this is pretty bad. And then I was in my corner and I was just like, I'm trying, I couldn't breathe out of my nose because my nose was broke and my nose has been broken multiple times. So it's crappy anyway. I couldn't breathe out of my nose and I was just inhaling blood. I'm like, this is not going to be a a fun two rounds. So I kind of, everything like, I'm like, listen, like my corner and my mind, like they were calling stuff and I just, I just couldn't do it. Like my nose was just, I was just more like, I need to get a hold of him and just control this fight and make it to a decision. And that's kind of what I had. That's kind of what I did.
0: Yeah.
1: There are. All right, so, so there's wait, wait, all- so he's mad at me though. Go he's mad at me. Why are you mad at me? I didn't. <laughs> because you
0: said, you said you I, I
1: was
2: gassing and I just, I had to make sure that, you know the reason I was gasping was because I couldn't I physically couldn't breathe. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't
1: it's, sound like an excuse to me. What are you talking about?
2: I didn't I know, do anything wrong. No, but, no. <laughs> I just I don't think a lot of people knew that um my nose was broke, how bad it was. And so like people were probably damn like, oh, Sean's getting tired. Like, no, Sean Sean can't breathe, so <laughs> I was getting tired because I yeah. physically couldn't breathe. So I just had to make, sh-
0: make, make that clear. Well, let, let's talk about that situation because this happens in fighting and it's, it happens in all kinds of ways. When we'll have someone that we know, we know how hard they train, we know that they're in yeah. condition, but all of a sudden you see them start to, as I say, they, they kind of start to fall off of the cliff. Yeah, And this is exactly what you're saying is when you get your nose broken and it's broken bad and you start to aspirate blood, That blood, the little particles when you're breathing in because you're sucking in air, you know, with a lot of velocity through your mouth to, you know, fill your lungs. Mm. Well, that blood starts to actually little tiny droplets go down into your lungs and they start to actually, you know, decrease your lungs ability to disperse that oxygen through your muscles. And you do get tired and it's not because you're not in shape. It's because of something that's happened in the fight. Have you ever had to deal with anything like that in your career so far? So the
2: only other injury I've ever had in a fight was um my Christian Aguilera fight when I caught him with that guillotine. Wow. He hit me with um a good leg kick and I actually had a fracture in my um what's the what's the smaller bone in the bottom of your tibia, your, shin. your tibia. I had a fracture on the side. So I didn't after the fight, I was walking around like I thought my calf was just sore from getting kicked. Turns out, I went and I got an X ray. I had a fracture, but I knew going into the second round, he—you could see—he kicked me. I caught it and I took him down, and that's when I got the finish. But I knew there was something wrong with my leg, so that's kind of like the only other scenario I can—I can think of. Like, but this was definitely like physically not being able to breathe. I've never had to deal with anything like that. And Josh, you know, you fought, and John, you know, you've been in there a million times, fighting and training
0: totally different
2: two completely different things you can do you can go for 15 rounds in the gym and then in a fight two rounds in your your forearms are blown Mm -hmm. up you have arm pump you can't breathe so it's just completely different in there and then to add on like you like about not being able to breathe that was the hardest thing and um i just knew in that situation like i had to adjust and In the second round, I had his back the entire rest of the round. Once I got him down, I'm like, I can't, I can't lit him up, you know? So I had to make some, uh, some big adjustments. Yeah, Sean, we'll talk about that. Like in terms of
1: there's nothing you can do in training that will simulate a fight. You just can't go that hard in training because otherwise you're trying to hurt your training partners. Then you won't have any. That's (laughs) one. Two is you just, it just, it just doesn't the emotions are not there. The adrenaline dump is not there. All of those things that you get from a real fight, you can't mimic in, in training. I mean, unless you were to say like, Hey, whoever, whoever your biggest and toughest fighter is in your gym and you have to spar with that guy every single time. There's a little bit of fear that goes along with sparring with them as your teammate, but still yeah. it's like, Oh shit. But it's still, it's, it's not still, the same. It
2: still doesn't compare, you know, I, even cause there's days like, On sparring day, like when I know I'm getting ready to spar with someone who's really good, like I'll get butterflies, Mm. and I I I like that, you know. But there's still like the timing when you're fighting in like an actual fight, everything like slows down. It's it's so hard to it's literally I wish I could like put it in a bottle and like sell Mm -hmm. like for like the feeling of what it is because you can't you can't explain it to somebody like even people who train you if unless you fight and you get in there and you know it's it's just it's too hard to explain yeah you have it
1: really is like you you hit the nail on the head with everything kind of slows down is that you get in there and you're like it's a blur for the first probably i don't know a minute or two you're like god am i really in here is this really happening (laughs)
0: Like, yeah, especially yeah. if something goes
1: bad in the first minute and a half, like if you're stuck in a guillotine or something, like, shit, how did I end up here? What what just yeah. happened? You're t- you're thinking to yourself, how did this all go down? But all the nerves and the energy that go along with those moments, that's what helps blow you out. Like your forearms, your shoulders, your back, everything. When you get to a position like where you said you are able to get the body lock – if you go back, like with my fight with Benson Henderson in that first round, I got the body lock right away. I was like, just control. Just slow it down. Bring the pace down. You know, get your wits about you. Understand what's going on. You, That's where you kind of realize, like, shit, this is not good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to yeah. control this position and get to the next, get to the inner part of the round. And then, you know, you have longer to go, so you don't want to blow anything out. Yeah. Look, I, yeah. I, I say things on here. Because I know exactly what you were, what what goes through your mind. I didn't know that your nose was broken. I didn't know your nose was broken. Yeah. I know you're. An, I know yeah. that you're someone that trains really hard. I've talked to a couple of people out your way. They know how you train. They know that you're you're yeah. always in shape. But I did say this though: is that whether you're in shape or not, the con, the 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 adrenaline, everything that comes along with the fight, it just can't be mimicked. And so that pressure, like you said in the yeah. post fight interview, that's what I was talking about. The, all the press for the yeah. week, getting in the cage. T- that's the first time you had to deal with anything like that. And that could have got to you as well. Yeah. And that's what I was going based off of. Am I wrong?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, no. I know. I know. It, it was it was a lot. It was like, um, I, after I beat Jake Matthews, we were trying to get, they just ranked me. I was like mm-hmm. 14. I was literally begging for a fight. I went to fight in June and literally nobody in, I, I, I said every single name in the top 15. I was like, listen, I'll fight. Any of these guys, and um, they're like, all right, well, this guy's not, Robbie was still ranked. They're like, we're not giving you Robbie. I was asking for the leech. They're like, the leech isn't answering his phone. I was asking for everybody, and they literally wouldn't, like no one would would say yes. So finally, they offered Kevin Lee for the July 10th card. So me and my coaches were like, you know what? Fuck it. He's a big name. He's ranked at 155. He's coming up. We'll take that. Two weeks before that fight, he gets a rib injury. We've for August 28th. Then I get this horrible staph infection. Now I go to the hospital. I think I'm just going to go to the hospital, get an IV, and come out in like a day, and I'll be fine. Like I told you, Sada, like, hey, I got to go get an IV. Like we were good. And there, three days later, my foot wasn't getting better. They did surgery the next day. Yeah. Uh, and then I had um, a, an IV pick line in my arm for a month afterwards. I wasn't allowed to sweat. I wasn't allowed to sweat. I was. I have a, I have rogue in my in my basement. When my fiance was at work, I was just down there crushing <laughs> workouts. But I couldn't do anything for literally a month. And then they called me twelve weeks out, and I literally still wasn't training yet. And they're like, "Hey, Michael Chiesa on." Um, they offered an earlier date. I'm like, I told my manager, I'm like, if you can get November 20th, like that'll give me two weeks to ease my way back into training. I'll be ten weeks out. I'll have another two weeks to kind of like start ramping it up. And then I'll be eight weeks out and I'll be good. So I literally got the call and I wasn't even back to training yet. But I knew Mm -hmm. it was such a big opportunity that I couldn't say no. So two canceled fights, not fighting for eight months and an injury. It was a lot, you know, and then that week I was the co-main event. So like you said, they gave me a lot more. um, I just had a lot more, uh, I had a lot more eyes on me. More pressure. It was definitely a lot of pressure and um, yeah, man, it it will, It'll, it'll wear you out, but uh, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm happy with the way when you, I feel.
0: When it comes to, you know, you're going you're gonna to find out. You're in that position right now when you're saying, well, no one wanted to fight me. Of course they don't want to fight you, okay? They watch you. They go, ah, that guy's 14. I'm at six or wherever they're at. Why in the hell am I going to fight him? Because he's a beast, yeah. and if I beat him, I'm not going to get the credit I deserve, except you do have that zero on the end of your record, which everyone kind of likes But it it makes no sense for the guys in the top to want to fight you because they don't get the credit if they end up beating you. And when they lose to you, they drop way down and you move way up. So that's that stepping stone that you want. We all understand it. It is part of the game. And you are very close to being that guy who is now going to be saying, no, I don't want to fight him. I want to fight him. (laughs) That's just the way it is.
2: Yeah, yeah. And especially when – that's why when Kiesa when he said, yeah, I was – so happy because man he's number six like yeah he lost the he just lost a fight but he lost to vicente Luque. before that he was one fight away from being in in the title conversation he was kind of already in that title conversation anyway so when they said they offered me kiesa and neil magni me and neil are training partners so me and neil are like no like we're not we're not doing that but i'm like Kiesa, i'm like i'm like yeah i'm it's a I knew it was going to be a super tough fight, but I'm 14. He's number six. Yeah. I mean, that's a no-brainer for me. So for him to take that, like I couldn't. He's such a nice guy, and I couldn't couldn't thank him enough for for what he did. Because like you said, a lot of other guys they won't do that, you know. And there, there's gonna be a point where I'm I'm number eight now. I'm going to. <laughs> I those cool guys ahead of me, you know. So like, I, I, I know the game. I get it. I understand it. But yeah, you, ha- you have to play exactly it right. now you, know, you got to be smart.
1: I'm looking at this rankings right now. You got Usman as the champ. You've got Colby. You've got Gilbert Burns. You've got Leon Edwards, Vicente Luque, Stephen Thompson, George Mosvital, and Neil Magny. Those are the guys that are ahead of you right now. I mean, I would put you because uh, look, I guess I'm going to go back into what I always say is, or how many fights you have left on your contract two now two. do you want to slow play it or are you on a good contract are you happy with your i mean don't don't what are you doing don't don't what you know, know, are you doing but you, yeah, what yeah. i'm saying you have you have two you have two fights left you know with two wins that are one more win actually they're going to want to resign you renegotiate you so in that mix of guys who you think would be in the top seven there you know that you think would be you'd, you'd match up well with to get a win because you want to get to that next contract that gets you paid more money and you want to keep your yeah. O because
2: that's going to get you paid yeah. a lot more money as well. For me, where where do you who do you see in that in that top? Realistically, I'm not going to get Masvidal. I know that. Um, he's only going to get big, big name guys. So for me, the winner of Bilal and Wonderboy is what makes the most sense. What is what makes most sense to me. Because Bilal's 10. If he beats Wonder Boy, he's going to go up. And if Wonder Boy wins, he's already he's already ranked uh, five, I think. I think yep. that's where he's yeah. sitting. Yep. So that's what makes perfect sense to me. And if Bilal wins, me and him were supposed to fight. We had a scheduled okay. fight, and I had to pull out because I had that fracture in my shin that was mm-hmm. still not healed. So we were supposed to fight last December. So that would kind of be best-case scenario for me.
1: Yeah, I, I, John and I were talking, I like the Stephen Thompson fight, you know, because what that does is that opens up your game in terms of having to deal with people, someone that not a lot of people can deal with, Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and win over somebody like that with a big name, who's been around for a while, has fought for the title several times, and is an overall just a really yeah. nice guy, he's a great yeah, guy, yeah, there's going to yeah. be no animosity, he's going to be someone that comes in, handles himself professionally, he's that kind of guy you kind of want, I don't want to say build your career on, but you want to have a chance to fight. Because he brings a, something to the table that not everyone can mimic. You look at like guys like Leoto Machida, yeah. Stephen Thompson, MVP. Guys that have that karate-style stance, they're hard to deal with. And how would you deal with someone like him?
2: So, I mean, I would if, even if we fight eventually and he listens to this, he's going to know my game plan is I'm going to watch Gilbert Burns fight again because I've already watched it. Like I watched it live. I watched it the other day after I fought um, on the plane ride home. I was watching Wonder Boy on the plane. And uh, I literally follow the same g- game plan Gilbert did, you know, big punches into a shot and take him. He he seems like he's hard to take down, but once you have him down, he's not very active at trying to get up. Like when I was taking Kiesa down, he was turtling. He's trying to get back to his feet. Like he did a good job. Wonder Boy kind of, and especially it's kind of strange for him being a striker, you would think he would be – pushing on the head, trying to wrestle up. And he, he kind of accepts position underneath. So, I mean, that that's going to be my, my game. Obviously, a lot easier said than done. I would have to of bring course. in some very good karate guys. And uh, we'd have to get super in-depth with my training partners because he brings a a game, like you said, it's, it gives a lot of guys a hard time. I think I'd have a better time with him because I'm not a striker. If I was a striker, I'd be like, shit, ha- like, Striking for striking he's beat he beat Vicente he just beat Jeff Neal like he he can just kind of point do what he does and mm-hmm. and point you to a decision or catch you with a big shot so um that's best case scenario especially him being a former title challenger and only losing to the best guys in the world I would love to test myself against somebody like him so these next couple of weeks of fights are going to kind of play out and then I guess we'll we'll go from there
0: let's talk about your group of guys all of a sudden in the philadelphia area it was always it was eddie eddie alvarez was the guy that carried the torch there he was the guy that everyone put their their stakes behind and that was Mm -hmm. he was the man and now coming up man you have got some killers in your group in your gym that are all doing great pat sabatini looked fantastic on the undercard of your fight he's a beast man he looks so good what is it like now that you're all building and you're all getting better and it's all happening together? How is that making you feel? It feels so good because, like, so it was Eddie and Eddie and Philly is a legend.
2: Like, I mean, people he should are, be like the the thing. He should be. Um, people. The thing people everyone says is like Eddie Alvarez is my cousin. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> like the, the thing. I swear to God, like <sighs> you see,
3: dude, like yeah. Uh,
2: like if you're out Eddie Alvarez is my cousin and I'm like all right like I know he's not but (laughs) yeah yeah people have said so Eddie when I was an amateur he was like Hawaiians
1: Hawaiians obviously my cousins my cousins
2: that's great it's hilarious but so I was still an amateur when Eddie was fighting and Eddie was the man and then I was training with Paul Felder and obviously Paul went on to do what Paul did and then Jonathan Webb who's also in the UFC so I'm still an amateur training with these guys. And then I started fighting for CFFC. Paul um, won the CFFC belt, got signed. So he was like the guy. Paul was the guy out of Philly. Things happened. Paul moved to a different training camp. He still always trained with us, but he was kind of on the outside now. So we didn't have anybody. Then Eddie came back to the UFC. So we had Eddie, but still not from our gym. So me... Pat Sabatini, Jeremiah Wells, all these guys. We've been at um, training with Daniel Gracie for for forever. I've been with Daniel since I was 17 years old. We'd go to Henzo's in New York to train. We would go to City of in Boston to train. So it took a while for our gym, but the core group of guys, like me, Pat, Jeremiah, all these guys, we've been there for years. Eventually, our striking coach, his name's John Marquez, he came in. And between Daniel's jiu-jitsu and like grappling game and his striking, it just kind of meshed very, very good. And um, more guys start to come. I got signed. Pat got signed. Jeremiah got signed. Um, then we had a bunch of other guys come over. Andre Petrowski, he's been with us for only a year. He just got signed. He's 2 0 in the UFC. We have this kid, Joey Pfeiffer. He was on the contender series. He's a guy that he was winning that fight. He posted out and he snapped his arm. We got him getting ready to fight in December for CFFC. So. We have such good guys coming up and then the Dawkins brothers they're not on our team but they're they're from the same city okay. as us so I mean <clears throat> I I repost their stuff we have the same strength and conditioning coach so I see them all the time at strength and conditioning so like Philly's finally starting to back each other which is a really cool thing to see where before when Eddie was champion, I thought he should have had a parade when he came oh, home. Goodness. He had a party at fucking Chicky and Pete's. Like they didn't do shit <laughs> for him. It, 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 it was ridiculous. And even like when he fought Connor, guys from our city who wrestled at the same high school from him were like, "Eddie's going to get knocked out." Uh, voting for rooting for Connor. I'm like, how can you do that? From and obviously whatever happened with Eddie, but I'm like, you how can you go against a guy from your city? You know, Philly's always kind of been like weird like that. But now it seems like everyone's like coming together and we're all doing big things and backing each other. So it's, it's really good. And it's just going to keep more guys from our team. are just going to keep getting signed, keep getting signed. And we're, we're turning our, our own little, our own little super gym out of Philly. You know, I could have, I could have left and I could have went to AKA. I could have left. I could have went to Sanford. Like I know guys down there, American top team, but I don't want to do that. I want to be a UFC champion from Philadelphia, fighting out of Philadelphia, not from Philadelphia, Philadelphia, fighting out of Florida, fighting out of California. So that's something I take a lot of pride in is not leaving my city. And um, we got a good thing going. We got a new wrestling coach. His name is Cody Hamra. He was Damian Maya's wrestling coach. So we got a lot of good things going here and um, it's only going to get better.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, one of the things, the first time that I saw you fight, I was, I was doing research on another fighter. And I always, I will always try to. I'll watch a fight that they win, and I'll go back and I'll, I'll pick out a fight that they lost. And and you had had a fifty-seven yeah. second knockout over a guy named Chauncey Foxworthy, and it was out of CFFC. Yeah. And when I watched, I went, "Holy shit, that dude's a fucking tank." Yeah, that was the first time I watched <laughs> it. I went, "That dude's going to be good." And then all of a sudden, I saw you, and you were you were in the UFC, and I was like, "Yep, there he is again, man." What yeah, was it like yeah. when you first came into the UFC? What was the pressure on you as a fighter? And did you feel like it was different? Cause a lot of guys do. And I, I tell everyone, man, go walk in the cage. It's the same damn thing. It is the same. You know, you don't put your, the pressure of, Oh, this is the place I've wanted to be. I know it is, but it's the same thing you've been doing. Don't put that added pressure on yourself.
2: Um, I definitely feel like, like you're, that's what it should be. Right. Like, but we make it bigger than what it is. Like I I try to tell guys now, I'm like, listen, like just do what you do here. And when you get to the UFC or whatever, any big stage, just do what you've always done and you'll be fine. But we always put this added pressure on ourselves. And especially me, I was fighting in Boston um, when there were still crowds. So this was right before the pandemic. I had hundreds of people there. So I walked out and I was like, holy shit. Like, and I was like the second fight, but it was packed in there. And um, I walked out with the American flag and the Irish flag because I'm Irish. And the whole place went crazy. And man, I felt great the first two rounds. And I was fighting Court. Third round, Court was still there. And my I had just a crazy adrenaline dump. And I remember. And same thing, uh, Pat Sabatine. He was he called me after his fight. Um, he did great the first two rounds. His third round of his UFC debut. He was like, bro. The UFC jitters are real, and I'm like, dude, I told you, but it's, it's just a, I don't know what it is. He fought in Florida too. It was the first crowd back, so I don't, I love the Apex. I'd fight at the Apex the rest of my career if I could. Like, no, this was, no, this was her, I love. It. No, I, I, don't do
1: that to yourself, man.
2: My fiance and my parents. It's the first time they see me fight in two years, which was nice. They finally are letting people in there, but like. Me just rolling in there with my corner, like it just feels like a hard ass day yeah. of sparring. Like dudes came from another gym, and it's about to go down. And I, but obviously, I want to get back. I want to get in front of a crowd. There you go. That's that's what, what i What is that? The Wells
0: Fargo Center. But, um, <clears throat> yeah.
2: Wells Fargo Center. Last time they were here was uh, 2019. Gaethje knocked out Edson Barboza, but yeah it's it, it's there's something there because obviously we all say it like josh I, I don't know if you what do you think about the the whole ufc jitter thing uh i so for me i i didn't really
1: find it all that that difficult because my first fight in the ufc ended in like two and a half minutes i think john and you were in strike force no, no. Before that, right? You, no i was in the ufc first i was in the uh, UFC yeah, but in if you go back he was hugging
0: everybody in the cage after his little win so there was something <laughs> going on there <laughs>
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, no. It was just, it was good to get it out of the way. The fight was short. It was only about two and a half minutes. Yeah, so like when you're talking about the jitters, this my second fight in the UFC was Hermes, and then I ended up getting like the first two rounds were were dominant. Third round got dropped, had to weather the storm. I never had a chance to really get to the jitters. I enjoyed fighting a lot. To me, fighting was one of those things that when I got, like it was like within 15 minutes or 25 minutes, if I was fighting for a title, it was like, I'm getting paid. This is what we yeah. want. Like you know, the the money started coming in around those times, and I was like, man, I'm getting paid. I was fighting for five hundred bucks, one hundred fifty dollars here and there when I first started fighting. Anything over a thousand dollars, I thought I was rich. You know, what <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah. I mean, you really believed that, like, man, I'm getting paid. I'm making it. Like. I got excited for fights like that. And, yeah. and and don't get me wrong, in that first fight when I fought Gerald Streebant, there was only two and a half minutes. But yeah, I was huffing and puffing. I didn't get past that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. maybe that would have been different had it went a little bit longer. But uh no, I like I just I loved it too much. You know, and then after <laughs> after uh, I left the, the UFC and went to Pride and fought over there and then also too with, with Strike Force, there was a lot that, that came along with I started developing a better conditioning program. I started working mm-hmm. harder, um, really making the focus on my my conditioning because yeah. I knew the skill level was there. It was just a matter
2: of making sure I never got tired in the cage. Yeah, yeah, you know? and that's how I feel like in the gym. Like I, my skills are so good, and my conditioning, like, got, that's how I break guys. Like I literally, like that's like my thing. Like I just love wearing guys out and watching them break. So. It's just so different. I just got to get it to translate from the from training to the cage. And another thing, I want to ask you two about my—I'd never, ever, ever experienced the arm pump that I do when I've and I get like the grapplers wrap. I get the smallest hand wrap, but every single time, like by the no matter if my fights five seconds or fifteen minutes, my by the end of it, my arms are and that never happens to me in training. I just I just don't know what it, I don't know if it's
0: the hand wraps. i don't like, what do you guys think? I don't know. Well, Josh, I want you to see, I have received my Fume holiday box. One of the 2021 holiday boxes. Mine is number 101 of 1500. There are 1500 holiday boxes that are out there. I want to. I want you to see this stuff because this is what Fume is. See, a lot of people are going to look at, you know, Fume is the greatest way ever for someone to stop the nasty habit of smoking and it's kind of like if you got if you had a friend that was really stinky you know it's kind of hard to buy them deodorant but think of what you're doing for them well fume is a whole lot better than that because this is the fume prominent right here this is made out of olive wood most of them are made out of out of maple but this one is made out of olive wood and i've got a core already in it eggnog it's fantastic Unbelievable way for you to actually help somebody with their health during the holiday seasons. This is the cores that are here. You can see the packs. These are awesome. This one right here is candy cane, which would mean it would be a lot like Pepperdine because they have snickerdoodle candy cane, the eggnog cookies that I am currently tasting, and it's just fantastic. They have spiced orange. You need to go to www.fume slash weighingin.com and go to using the promo code of weighing in to save 10% on a gift pack one to 1500 so especially you get the the prominent that is made out of olive wood not just maple this thing is actually really cool beautifully handcrafted go to fume and get something that's going to make someone's holiday a healthier holiday get them away From all the nasty effects of smoking, the hand-to-mouth action is the same. It is something you can do anywhere, in a restaurant, on a plane, and you can get rid of the nasty habit of smoking. Go to Fume. One of the greatest things there is in getting you off of the horrible habit of vaping and smoking, go to Fume right now. Get your gift pack for either yourself or somebody else it will make their christmas that much better and that much healthier go to fume for me a lot of it would be just when you get to a dominant position
1: and i say this to a lot of the younger kids that i train as well when i'm training for jiu jitsu and grappling when you guys get to a top position or a dominant position that's when you take a second to relax make them carry your weight yeah and i, I, I yeah don't that, yeah. don't grip on anything you have to really f- mentally focus on being like okay look you're squeezing too hard stop Okay. Yeah, let them yeah. move a little bit. Give that flow momentum of letting them move, knowing that your next transition is putting a hook in or knee on belly or driving a mount or whatever it is. Whatever they give you, you take. Let it flow more versus just trying to squeeze and hold because you don't realize you're doing it when you're fighting You know, in in the UFC, in, in the cage. You don't realize how much you're doing, how much you're squeezing until you give yourself a mm-hmm. mental note. Be like, okay, you're squeezing hard. Let,
2: let up a little bit. That's a mental note. And especially like... The, the cause obviously sparring with whatever gloves are wearing, like your fist almost just fold net. Like with the UFC yeah. gloves or any like of those brand new gloves, squeezing. I'm squeezing. I'm physically like your hands are, are forced yeah. open. So to, to just constantly like make a fist, like you're like, you're flexing almost the entire time. I, I don't know if that's something to do with All it, right. but right. it are, is are you, are brutal. you or
0: your coaches breaking down those gloves before you put them on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you, t-
2: yeah. And I'm telling you, John, like I'm getting, like the house does my yeah. wraps. Like, Don's great. Almost give me, give me nothing. Like I don't like I want the smallest wrap because I don't want to blow out yeah, my form. When you so. when you
0: talk to Don the next time, talk to him about you want a good wrap on your hand and across your hand, but on the wrist, you want him to actually take and loosen it. He'll slice it, and he'll make it to where okay. it actually is looser on your wrist. So the one thing you got to be careful of is folding your you know if you punch and you get that fold in your in your wrist forward you have to be more careful because yeah. it's obviously looser but it will help with your arms the other thing like what josh is talking about it's learning where to relax when to relax and how to relax at times is look at here's the little th- thing for you you can grab your own gloves right you can grab inside yeah, yeah. of the cuff of the glove you can so if yeah. I grab, if I take my right arm and I grab the inside of the cuff of my left arm just to hold position, put shoulder pressure, things like that. What's happening with my left hand? It's nice and relaxed. I don't have to do anything, and yeah, then switch yeah. it around. And that's you'll find those spots where you can actually get that little bit to where, yeah, you know, you'll you'll shake that. Yeah, like yeah, it just like you know you talked earlier. A fight is it's different than the training it's totally yeah. different and you're putting yeah. even though you're not trying to you're putting more energy and more effort out trying to you know get an advantage over your opponent or any of those things <laughs> so it's normal it's just something you're gonna get it as it's going you're gonna find those spots yeah. and there, there are spots
2: definitely getting like get like getting back to being like more relaxed like now before fights like i used to get so nervous Obviously I get like jitters now, but like, I'm like, like my coaches are like, are you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm just ready to go. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm excited, you know? So like, I'm getting to that point where like, you should be, you know, like, it's what I want to, it's what I want to do. I, the I, payoff. I try to like, if you, if you hate it that much, or if you get that scared, no one's making you do it. You know, like I want to be there and I, and I love it. So every single fight, it's getting easier and easier. Um, But yeah, I just want to, I just want to be able to perform the way I perform in training in the cage, and that's kind. Of, that's the only thing I get nervous about. Like I'm like, man, like I want to perform the. I wa- I get nervous, like crap. Like, what if I don't perform that good? Like that's what I get nervous about. I'll get nervous about fighting. We fight every day, you know. I for way longer periods of time. <laughs> so it's, it, it's just a it's a crazy thing. Yeah. Let's they, th- The performance, though,
1: is not – sorry, John. The performance is not – don't be as concerned about the performance because, like John was saying earlier, is that winning does solve everything. Look, you're not going to have a barn burner every single time. And just to be honest, you don't want to have a barn burner every time because longevity in your career is based off of you getting the win and getting them as quick as possible and as easy as possible because the more damage you take, the shorter your career will be. And John and I will talk about this all the time. It only takes one fight. To that you leave too much of yourself in the cage that yeah. you can never come back from. Yeah, and so just just go out there, keep doing what you're doing, refine your craft, and continue to get better, evolve a little bit every single fight. You continue to do that, man. I think yeah, sky's the limit for you. And like I and like I will continue to say, and I always say this is make sure that you start structuring your way the way you fight in terms of your contracts. Like you're looking for the best guys, but make sure hey you have one more fight, you have two fights left on your contract. Get somebody you believe that you can beat, so you have you know, the stylistically matches up well with you yeah. and then tr- focus on that, get that win. And then now you're ready to renegotiate for big money, you know, for bigger yeah. money, I should say than what you're making, because that's going to say a lot about what they're going to do with you. And I think if you follow that, that little tiny thing, not like you're trying to duck people, you want to fight the best guys, but yeah. you, you know, like you always want to lean towards the ones that you feel like, Hey, I style stylistically match up really well with this person.
2: Yeah. It's being, I mean, it's being smart, you yeah. know, uh, I'm here. I don't want to be the guy who just goes out there and has amazing fights. And there's nothing wrong with guys who fight like that. I want to win, and I want to be a champion one day. So mm-hmm. definitely, there's definitely a a path that's going to be easier than 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 other ways for sure.
0: Well, the the, the fans, and we say it all the time, the fans love the wars. They love yeah. those yeah. epic battles. The fans don't. They pay to watch it. They don't have to pay with the effects of it. You do.
2: Fan, fans aren't sitting there with with they're not the wife or right. the husband or the family that has to see what's on the other side of that, you know, and I've been, I've seen teammates and I've seen people get knocked out and it's not everything, everyone who's cheering for you, all those texts, all that stuff that goes away, you know? That's so, it. um, yeah, it's definitely, I, I, I definitely, I don't want to, I love those guys. I love watching those fights, yeah. but I don't want to be that. Well,
0: guy. you and you, it's always, be, it's always smart to, you know, be someone that's a student of the sport and a student of the game and understand, you know, there are fighters out there. I'm not going to bring up their names. One fight has changed who they are as a fighter. Their entire career is different from one fight. You look, they were this fighter over on this side. This fight happened. Now they're completely different based upon damage. Damage will, I, I always say it's, you're like, you're like a race car, man. You know, you're a Ferrari you can only bang that Ferrari into the wall so many times before it's a yeah. piece of crap. And you you got to be yeah. careful of that. And part of it is being in shape. Part of it is all the conditioning, all the things you do in training, but you've got to know when that, that moment comes, it's going to be different. The next time you step in there, you're not going to be the same guy. You're not going to be as fast. You're not going to be as efficient. Yeah. It just, it starts to turn.
2: Yeah. H- hundred, Hundred percent. I want to do this. I'm. I just turned twenty nine, so I still got a lot of years ahead of me. The the, the smarter, the smarter. I am the longer i'll be able to do what i love to do you know well
1: the other thing that you just brought up too is and we were talking about like some of your friends that you or <clears> the <throat> eddie had wrestled with in high school and then how they like we're talking about connor beating him and this and that being a little bit like kind of haters and stuff and that when you lose or if you do lose like people don't text or call there's a difference though between the two and i want to make sure because there's times where i've had friends that have lost you know and, and i just wasn't there and i was like i don't know what to say you don't know what to text yeah, them. Yeah. You know, it's not that they not that yeah. they don't want to reach out. They just don't want to give the generic version of, hey man, you'll do better next time. They like, you know, keep your head up. They don't want to do that generic thing because they're not they're not generic people. They're close to you. Like, you know, Frankie and I have a close connection in terms of with each other yeah. when we're texting back and forth. And it, it was it's hard for me to continue to like I did during this last fight, I'm like, man, I f I don't know what to say. You know, other than, hey man, yeah. I'm here yeah. if you need anything. That's about it. So there's a difference yeah. between that and then the people being salty and haters that are just like, oh, he's going to lose because they're not where he is, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Of, they're a little envious of what he's done throughout his career because they people know when they have grown up together, we were in the same spot and you're here and I'm here. What yeah. does that say about me down here? You know what I mean? And that's what yeah. that comes yeah. from.
2: Yeah. No one's criticizing you. Who's doing better than you in life. Yeah. If you go on anything and someone's talking shit about you, you can see what they're doing they're either they're like pride. They hate what they do. They have a miserable life. No one's, no one's bet in a better spot. That's going to go on social media and, and talk shit about you. But that, and that's the same thing. Like guys in your local, like from the same high school as you, they probably have a shit job. And they're like, damn, like this guy, he's a, he's a world champion and he just lost. So I'm going to take this chance to shit on him. It's like, bro, like you, you're Eddie. I I made a whole thing. because I was young at the time. This was 2016. And it bothered me so bad what these people were saying about them. So like I went on like a whole spiel about it. But now like I like now I'm at the point where I'm not reading comments. Like I'm just I'm at almost at that point in my career where I'm like, I can't, you know, like my my fiance, she gets all she just she tries not to read them, but she's like if you were watching my flight, you could probably hear her in the apex. You would think she was the fighter and not me. Like she gets (laughs) fired up. And I'm just like, listen. You gotta let it go. So I, I'm at that point where I'm not reading nothing. I'm i not, I'm just letting all that shit just roll right off my shoulders.
0: Let's let's talk about the the big egg in the room because it is that big zero on the back of your record. You are now fifteen and zero. That is uh, that's impressive because that is not an easy thing to do. There's you're probably in a group of you know you're in the there's maybe ten fighters with a fifteen and zero record right now yeah. or above. Yeah, and so with that pressure of that 15 and oh and having that are you concerned at all as far as every time you go in there i can't lose that oh because we, we actually have talked to fighters that go yeah it, it's become this thing in my head i don't i don't want to lose it i don't want to lose it and then i don't perform do you ever have that in the back of your mind when you're out there yes and no and that kind of just goes
2: back to what we were saying earlier to me as long as i'm me and i go do what i always do and if even if I can only do it at a fraction, I can beat most guys in the world. I can beat all the guys in the world. That's what I think. I, I'm better than anybody in the world that night, no matter what, as long as I'm true to myself and do what I always do. So, yeah, of course, I'm like if I get knocked out or something like that, it's going to suck, and obviously I'm going to have a loss in my record, but I can't control that. only thing I can control is what I plan on going in there and doing. I can get caught with a good shot or I could get caught in a choke and it is what it is. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it at that point. I think it would just make me more of a a crazy athlete or just any, even after every single fight, like I get more obsessive with watching film with nutrition, with, I just, I love this. I love this sport so much. And I love every aspect of it. I love the nutrition. I love every, every part of it. So it probably just make me even crazier in that, in that aspect. But, I think I'm going to retire undefeated. And that's how I think. And, um, until, until that day comes when I lose, that's how I'm going to think I'm going to retire. I want to, what's, what was Khabib 29 and 0? I got 15 more fights to do. I got to get to 30, and know, and, I, and I, if I get to 30, and know, I'm there done. There you go. But, uh, but seriously, I think I've came this far and, um, there's always people who are like, Oh, like, you know, you're going to lose one day. Right. And I'm like, hasn't happened yet and that's why I think I work so hard also because I don't want to lose you know I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose a round of jujitsu. jitsu I don't want to lose a round of sparring I hate when I get hit with a good combo and sparring so I definitely don't want I was upset with myself after the Michael Kieser fight so I definitely don't want to lose and that's why I think I do work so hard you know and um I think that's going to I think that's going to take me a long way well let me ask you this um you said Masvidal probably wouldn't fight you
1: you know, because you know he's trying. He's a big name. He's trying to fight other guys in terms of like the you know Colby Covington, where they have a the beef, and Leon Edwards because they have a little bit of a beef also. But let me ask you yeah. this: in this money fight era, would you take that fight or would you take the number one title shot? Like, or the number one t- uh, contender spot? If like say they say Colby or Mazidol. Which one are you taking? Money fight or one what? step away from being for the title?
0: Colby, that a baby. Kobe. That's what I want to hear. Listen, money.
2: <laughs> I don't. I obviously, I do fight for money. That's how I provide for, well, my, my is a nurse, so she provides for herself, but we provide for a life together through fighting. Yeah. Of course, I want money and all that stuff will come, but I'm not, I am i didn't get in fighting for money. I would, if I had to work a nine to five job and fight, I still would because that's how much I love it. Like this is, I have the best job in the world and I want to be a world champion and I'm not going to take a fight where I can make more money And that's going to put me on a slower track to that. If I can get a fight, that's going to put me closer than that. And I have to take a pay cut for that or whatever the money and all that stuff's going to come all that, everything else, all that's going to come. I just winning the, a big fight and then getting the title shot and winning the title, the money will come. So that's kind of how, how I think of it. But, um, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I'm not in it. I'm not here for money fights. I got, I got a long way to go before I'm, before I'm trying to get money fights.
0: you said something in your, uh, after fight, uh, talk with dan cormier that surprised the hell out of me is you said you didn't wrestle you never wrestled in school you never wrestled in any programs you started wrestling to become an mma fighter that yeah. is strange yeah. because I'll, you know a lot of guys are great at jujitsu and their wrestling sucks yeah and yeah yeah you, you're wrestling i mean you you have out wrestled some guys that are good wrestlers and michael kiesa being one you got all those takedowns michael kiesa he can wrestle you know, he does yeah. it a little bit he, different than other guys, but man, talk to me about your grappling program and who basically taught you wrestling because you do an outstanding job with it. So I started jujitsu with my first coach.
2: His name was Julio Rosario, and he's a a black belt under Higa Machado. So we have like strong lineage there. And then I met Daniel Gracie when I was, I think I was like seven. No, I think I was eighteen or nineteen because I had a I had one or t- I had one pro, one amateur fight. And, um, Daniel's Henzo Gracie's cousin, like they're like legit cousins grew up in the same household together. Every, he fought in pride. And, um, so I met Daniel and me and Daniel have like almost the same jujitsu style. You know, I'm just younger and more athletic, but as far as the wrestling, like, I really don't know. I just, I was always good at doubles and I just kind of GSP was my, still to this day is like my idol. You know, I love him to death. I would watch GSP over and over and over. And just the way he would blast through those doubles and just the way he would chain things together. And he never wrestled. So that's kind of how I, how I based it off of. And we, we have guys come into the gym who are like D one wrestlers, college, super high level guys. And they asked my coach, like who, who did this kid wrestle for? Like guys wanted me to be their wrestling coach. And I'm like, I never wrestled a day in my life just MMA wrestling, even like straight like straight wrestling, I do very well with high level guys. But when I can mix in punches and kicks and everything like that, and like on the cage, wall wrestling and cage wrestling, it's almost an art in itself. Yes, it and I think I'm one of the best at doing that. So I've got like a crazy system that I do for certain scenarios. And yeah, I just I just I just adapt it very, very well
0: to it. That's so very real- impressive. Really you're
2: walking you're walking proof that
1: that we've talked uh, we talk about this is that fighters now have evolved like you look Roy McDonald was so young when he first got into the UFC yeah. but he's someone that never really trained wrestling he just had a little bit yeah. of taekwondo style like the kickboxing style but the younger generation now is like they're learning wrestling in an MMA gym and yeah. you're it's true that like even top level wrestlers they've got to learn that the first takedown is now it's no longer a give me you've got to learn how to yeah. defend the second and the third and this, it, this is against
2: fighters like yourself who have never wrestled before a day in their life they just learn how to chain it all together yeah guys are guys are so good now and especially at like like you said that first takedown that's not going to be the takedown that keeps that guy guys are getting so good at defending where like mma is kind of like you know like big john you've been there for so long there's evolutions like for a while it was muay thai muay thai was everyone wanted to be a muay thai striker and anderson and all these guys were crushing it i almost feel like Right where we're at now, it's like anti jitsu Like guys aren't doing like there's not as many submissions. Like I feel like there's a lot more people want to strike more. And where me like I want to keep this whole. I want to bring grappling like back into it. I think grappling superior to everything. So if I can take you down and control you, that's that's what I want to do. And um, I want to represent like like I said, I, I'm proud of being a Henry Gracie black belt, and I want to and I want to make make all those guys proud well it's
1: true though if you look at grappling it is pretty much the most dominant if you look at the guys that have had the best records or the best they're considered like the idols in people's idols if you look at GSP the second yeah. half of his career was all wrestling yeah. Khabib Nurmagomedov his his whole career was wrestling ground and pound submissions you're going to see a transition with Islam Makachev he has stand up yeah but you're going to see the same thing he's going to dominate people from the top position in Jiu areas you know there's other guys that have come along I mean look at guys like Matt Hughes Frank Trigg you know BJ Penn all those fighters that they were all predominantly grappling yeah newer generations got away got gotten away from it because of the fact that like the UFC they hear the buzz in the UFC come on you know why exciting it's (laughs) It's not (laughs) exciting they just yeah the the buzz amongst the UFC you know people like Joe Silva had said against Khabib you know ah it's boring he'll never be the champion Sorry, man, but winning and destroying yeah. people. And as you get more confident, understanding people can't stop your takedowns or they can't stop what you do on the ground, you just keep doing that, you keep building on it, your confidence grows.
2: And then people love watching dominance. That's what they do love. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, like I tell younger guys when like guys out of the gym now corner, and before they or after if they lose a fight, because I'll see them go out there and these guys were younger kids are coming from wrestling and jujitsu backgrounds, but then they start striking and they just want to go in there and strike i'm like you're a wrestler you're a jujitsu guy Mm -hmm. and they're not shooting for takedowns. it's hard work i'm like what are you doing why are you doing this go kickbox Mm -hmm. if you want to just strike go do muay thai like this isn't this isn't that so i try to tell these guys all the time like i'm going in there if i can beat you striking fine but i'm going to take you down even if i'm still winning striking i'm going to i want to take you down it's why why would you be good at something and not use it? And that's why I see happening like these kids are really good wrestlers. They start throwing hands and they get comfortable throwing hands. That's all they want to do. They want to get a knockout or they want to get a finish. And now they're losing fights. Yeah. So I'm like, "Listen, you got to go back to what got you to the dance. You were a wrestler. Mixing your mi- mixing your punches, but mixing your takedowns, you know? So I like winning uh, no matter how I have to do it." You know, I'll, I'm going to win by any means necessary, and uh, I guess where that's where I differ differ from uh, from a lot of other guys. Let me. So you and I, I've i never met you in person, but it, body wise, when I saw
1: you next to Kiesa, he looks so much bigger than you. Are you a smaller welterweight? Are we? Is there a chance you maybe would think about 55 or no? You just staying at 70.
2: So I walk around 195, and I'm like, when I'm 195, I'm like. 10% body fat. Mm-hmm. So, but when I get down, like I do, I cut I cut like 18 pounds of water the week of yeah. uh the fight. So, I for me to get down to 155 would lo- I'd have to change, I'd lose everything. I lose my ex- my my strength, yeah. my explosion, my ev- like everything that makes me who I am. I would lose to make 155. And I honestly don't even think I could do it. Like I said, they did a DEXA scan on me at the PI and they said I'm one of the, the bigger welterweights. I'm i I'm 5'9". I'm, yeah. I'm just short. Yeah. But I'm built, I'm, I'm thick, you know? And that's why I also do so much conditioning because I carry around a lot of muscle. But like I said, when I'm down at 170, I'm probably literally 0% body fat. I cut almost 20 pounds of water that week. Luckily, I hold a lot of muscle, so the water comes off easy. But yeah, there's... There's no way. And it just, it sucks. I have to deal with fighting these tall guys. I've dealt with it my whole career, but I've made a career off of fighting tall guys. So it's, 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 it's working out. First off,
0: never listen to Josh Thompson. Do not drop in weight. 170 is your perfect thing. And it's called, and I hate saying this word because it sounds bad. This is not mentally. It's physically, you're physically dense. You've got you yeah, pack a yeah. lot of muscle on there, and that's good because it makes you who yeah. you are. Stay with yeah, one seventy. Sure. I don't care how tall someone is; when they hit the John, ground, they're yeah. all the same damn height.
2: I asked him a question.
0: <laughs> I didn't tell <laughs> no, him no, to no, cut the weight, John.
2: A lot, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people ask me, and it's, it's just because it's because my height. You know, I'm short. I got, I got a decent like my reach is longer than my my height, but yeah, I'm short, and I'm just, I'm, I'm built like a like a brick shithouse. house. That's just how I'm built. You know, for me. It's hard for me to diet like my new, like when I'm cutting down, it's hard for me to get into the high 80s without like really cutting out calories, you know, and cutting my carbs. So my training camps are fueled great because I get down to 190 and that's where I'll be like a lot of my training camp and I feel great. And I only have to really cut, cut everything out like two weeks out because I'm on point with what I do. But for like, imagine I'd have to eat no carbs and my workouts would suck for my entire training camp to even attempt to make one one fifty five. And that's like Paul Felder. I love him to death. He's he, he'll if he listens to this, he's going to say the same thing. For him, when he was making fifty five, kill himself. His entire training camp, he was miserable because it wasn't. It was focused around training, but it was also focused around cutting weight. Every session was how much did I burn? How much did I sweat? Not am I getting better? Am I getting mm-hmm. faster? Am I getting stronger? You know so yeah it's it never never happened well,
1: john again. and i were talking last uh last week um about your performance but i have another uh, i want to go off on track cause you talked about eddie a lot and you and you if i've noticed the two of you guys have a similar body style and yeah uh, is there something they're doing in the philly high schools because you guys <laughs> got the rounded muscular <laughs> backs and like the bigger shoulders yeah. and you know, the big asses and
2: stuff. What are we, you guys
1: doing there in Philly high schools? What's
2: going on? I don't know. But it, is, it is funny, though. <laughs> me and Eddie are kind of built the same. But like, even, like, I, when the pandemic hit, me and Eddie connected. We trained so much. And he's obviously fighting at 170 now. Yeah. But when he's 195, he's fat. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> Eddie is fat. Eddie's not in shape until he's, like, 180. Like So yeah. when I'm 195, like, I'm lean like nine ten percent body fat so eddie's we got the he's the 55 if i was at 55 i would look like eddie that's that's yeah that's exactly (laughs) what i would look like but um yeah and see i man i i've had some good conversations with eddie i'm trying i'm looking forward to to what's next for him Uh, you know
0: we talk about eddie all the time and one of the things that i love about eddie is eddie has been very smart with his career and he hasn't really gotten into oh i have to fight with this organization he's hey who's gonna pay me the most money and And, man we tell guys all the time follow eddie alvarez follow that model that's what that's what this is about this is prize fighting okay the prize is money that's how you're paying your bills and whoever's gonna pay you the most money that's the people that you go with
2: and even if you look at eddie when he came into the ufc he had that loss to cerrone but after that he grinded out a decision against Pettis and then Gilbert and then I think they gave him the RDA fight and he knocked out RDA so Mm -hmm. he had to have some not the best performances but he won and that's like we were saying earlier winning solves everything if you win fights no matter if people are mad at you for the way you do it you're going to end up where you want to end up and at the end of the day who cares about anybody else? It's only about you and what you want. Because those people, they're not paying your bills. You have to pay your bills. So you have to yeah. get it done however however, you have to. Well, you, I also look at when Eddie fought Cowboy.
1: I looked at him as the same way as, say, like Marlon Marais when he came into the UFC. It was almost like they were happy to finally be there. And it was not so much that he was happy, like, oh, I made it. No, it was more like, gosh, I've been fighting in Bellator. I've been fighting in, other, in Pride. I've been fighting all around you know, Elite XC, all these things, right? Bodog, Eddie had fought everywhere, wherever the highest bidder was. But when he finally got to the UFC or when he was there and he fought Cowboy, it was almost like, this is it. I've like this. I, I've fought in every organization. I'm here now. And the same thing with Marlon Marais. Same thing with Justin Gaethje. Even though he yeah. got the win, where Marlon and Eddie didn't get the win their first yeah. fight, Justin didn't have a great performance. Knowing not, his talent and his ability, he didn't have a great performance against Michael, uh, what's yeah. it called?
0: Johnson. He almost, yeah, he almost yeah, got Michael knocked Johnson.
1: out. Yeah, he almost got knocked out. But it was a barn burner. No, he fight. did not
0: talk to him he said he was never hurt that's what he told me i said go back and watch the film
2: yeah Dude, i i remember that fight vividly and that was uh it, he was he was definitely hurt oh but, yes but, he yeah. was 100 <laughs> same thing with marlon he had that super close fight with a yeah
1: yeah with the sun yeah it's like you you're almost like there's the and i wouldn't say jitters it's just like okay look it's all finally come to the head and now i'm here in the ufc and i'm fighting it's a little bit of that more excitement. Like Marlon Murray seemed more excited just to be there, be like, "Okay, look, I'm here, just to be in the cage." And if you look yeah. at someone like, and I, I said with Ed, with Michael Chandler when he fought Justin Gaethje, it's the same thing. It was like he was more excited about putting on an exciting fight than he was winning the fight, yep. and it cost him, you know. Yeah. Um, and and that, you run into that sometimes to fighters who have not fought in the UFC. Uh, and, they, you know, they've always talked about it and always in every interview I'm thinking about maybe going or people are asking about it. That's the topic of conversation when they get there. They're finally just I'm just here to entertain instead of being there to win.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's like you said about Chandler. I mean, he probably could have won that fight if he would have mixed in a few takedowns yeah. here or there or something like that, you know, but I, I think that's just who he is. He's just a madman but me i would have been shooting doubles i would have been pushing him against the fence i would have been doing something but i I'm, I'm i'm different but for but like you said for us fans at home that was amazing yeah you know that that was great but uh yeah i i think he probably could have won if he would have shot in some some more takedowns I'm gonna yeah, that, I'm was, gonna, that was the big
1: problem i'm gonna i'm gonna this will be my last question but i want to know you have that colby covington burns You've got a couple other guys in that mix. Steven Thompson, we brought up. Vicente Luque. In those top guys for your next fight, who would you like to fight? And I know you already brought up kind of the Steven Thompson, Bilal, the winner of that. But if we're going to mix you in there, let's say, you know, if there was somebody else ahead of them that they offered you, who, which one would you prefer to fight?
2: Um, I I really haven't thought about it that like, that high, honestly. But if I did, Gilbert would be fun just because like, we're almost the same same body type you know that'd be a fun fight um then there's obviously vicente you know but um i don't know what those guys are like like you said i don't know what those guys are doing but for me if they offer me anybody in the top five obviously i'm, I'm taking it but outside of that i think wonder boy or blah would would be good got it john
0: sounds about right to me i'm gonna ask you one last question for the young people out there you've been in that position now you fought in the smaller promotions, the CFFCs and things like that. Then you made it to the UFC and you've been there now for six fights, six and oh, obviously, since you have an undefeated record, five six. Fights. I five. thought it was six. Five. Really? Yep. Wow. I'm wrong. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. You're right. I can't count. I'm Josh Thompson now. <laughs> 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 My math is going. So five and zero in the UFC. Now that we are corrected. Thank you. But, If you were going to give anybody some advice on handling their career, handling the things that need to be taken care of, give me your advice on what young fighters should do. For me, um, it's been just
2: enjoying every moment of your career. There's been times where cutting weight, a couple weeks out, I'm miserable. I'll be miserable to my family around me, my girl. And one time she even said to me, she was like, Why are you doing this? If you're going to be this miserable, do something else because you choose to do this. And that really stuck with me. And ever since then, now, every single training session, every single run, everything I do, the weight cuts, it's all going to be gone one day. And you're going to be, I'm going to be looking back. And I just want to know that I enjoyed every single second of it. So for any young fighters out there, just enjoy it. If you really, really love it. You're going to enjoy it, but there's going to be crappy times. But just soak it all in. The, the, the fight weeks, like being with your team and me and my team, they're like my family. Like we laugh so hard fight week, and we just enjoy and we just make the best of it. Cutting weight, we're cracking up in the sauna. I just I want to enjoy it as much as I can because this doesn't last long. And um, like I said, when it's over, I want to look back and know that I did everything I could to ma- and maximize my my career. Do everything you can train with the best guys you can do everything you can do, but just enjoy it. And um, that's, that's, that's how I'm trying to be with the rest of my career.
0: Well, it's great advice. Sean, I want to tell you, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> thank you, guys. You're awesome. We love watching you fight. Cannot wait to watch you in the future. The best of luck in keeping yourself undefeated and moving up the ranks towards that championship fight. You definitely have the skill and we hope you get to that, that point where you get your chance.
2: Thank you guys. This is you guys are one of my literally my favorite podcasts. I li- I swear listen to you guys all the time. So uh, it was an honor for you guys to have me on. I-, I really appreciate it. One one last thing. So so are we good now? Are we cool? <laughs> Everything good? Yeah, we're good. Cool. Yeah, no. We're good. Oh, we're good.
1: I don't yeah, got to worry good. about running into you, right, me in the me elevator. And and just...
2: Thompson, me and Josh Thompson, we're always good.
1: <laughs> I don't want to be like running into an elevator and just get mopped up. All right? Calm down, buddy. Calm down. Hey, brother. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we'll have to do this again. Hopefully, uh, you know, as you make your title run, man, I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, get higher up, buddy. Let's go. 100%. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, brother. Thank you.
1: All right, go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code WAYNEIN. There's a lot of sports that are happening right now. There's a lot of things to gamble on, a lot of things to put your money down on. If you use that promo code WAYNEIN, they're going to give you a little extra spending cash with that QR code right there. If you guys click on that QR code, they're going to go ahead and bonus you up a little bit, get that little extra bonus money for you to go ahead and bet on things that are coming up. We've got Bellator has some great fights coming up next week. We also have... The UFC's got a huge pay-per-view coming up as well. And now outside of fighting, which I know we talk about fighting, you also got a little bit of thriller going on tonight if you guys want to check that out. There's other events as well. So if you're talking about football, basketball, any of those things that are coming up, you guys can bet on those. Like my Chiefs just beat the Dallas Cowboys. Hoorah! We're going to play the Raiders again. The Raiders just beat the Dallas Cowboys. So now there's going to be a little bit of grudge match going on. I like to bet on my Chiefs. Sometimes, sometimes. What, Hold on, <laughs> did
0: you bet against them on the Dallas Cowboys? No, I didn't bet. <laughs> I didn't bet. But if
1: you go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code Wayne in and that QR code right there for a little extra cash, you'll be able to make a little bit more money, spend a little bit more, and listen to John and I when we talk about fights because we'll give you the in-round bettings as well, as well as just what fights we'd like and who we think may potentially come out on top. So go to mybookie.ag,
0: use that promo code Wayne in. All right, that was a great interview. I thought he gave a lot of really good answers and good advice and stuff. He's being very honest about things. I love the fact that he was a little upset with you, and uh, but you know, but it's right. You know, he is in shape, but those things happen during the fight. You've been there. You know what they're like. It's not an easy thing, man. Being being a fighter, you're learning things all the time.
1: Yeah, you're progressively trying to get better at your craft, not just your craft, but learning how to deal with. You know, more interviews, you know, more media, more press, more people, you know, involved in your life. Those are all things that you eventually have to just learn how to drown out and learn how to make those adjustments. The The more you become popular, the more interviews, the more press, the more things that the more people that try to latch on you, you've got to learn to shake them off. And those are the hard parts to deal with, because. Those, a lot of those people are you, people you consider friends that now have latched on a little bit tighter. And you're like, no, I want it to go back the way it was. Him having to deal with that type of stuff as well as, like he said, more uh, more activity during fight week when you're trying to cut weight, trying to get your weight down. Those are all things that you have to learn to deal with throughout your, your career. And it's going to go up and down based on how well you do. But at the end of the day, it's about winning. And I think he understands
0: that. I think he's got that concept down very well, and uh, we're going to look forward to watching him in the future.
1: Dave, what do you got for us, buddy? I think we're doing some uh, some news, and then we're hitting some uh, fan questions. Is that what we're doing?
0: Uh, so
3: not fan questions because okay. we are on a weekend show, but we are going to hit some news right now, okay. uh, with the first piece being uh, Edson Barboza versus Bryce Mitchell, uh, set for a featherweight fight in March. Uh, so that one was just announced since the last show. Thug
0: Nasty, baby, we're going back to Thug Nasty, the undefeated Bryce Mitchell. Isn't he undefeated? He doesn't have a loss. He's you're talking about a guy that is a grappling, you know, heavy individual with a ton of talent on the ground. Like he is good. He's special. There, fourteen and zero. Oh my God, look at that dude, man. That's impressive. He is a. He's just that. He doesn't. He doesn't fit. He doesn't fit the whole mold and everything because he's just a country boy. He's got a great attitude. He's not mean in any fashion, but the bitch can fight. And in fighting someone like Barbosa, he's going to be tested on his feet. Is he going to be able to get the, the fight to the ground? Barbosa has, you know, throughout his career worked on his takedown defense. It's worked against, you know, most, not everyone, is uh is Mitchell going to be the guy that can get him down there and s- apply one of those submissions that he is so good with? He is tricky. It's a good matchup. I really like this one.
1: Yeah, it's a throwback fight. You have stand-up versus yep. grappler slash like, wrestler, that position. Is Doug Nasty the one that did the Camaro commercial? He, did he do like, a Camaro, Camaro commercial? commercial? Didn't he do like, a Camaro commercial? I don't know. Commercial? Did he? Like like a car dealership kind of thing? I thought he was. It might have been. I don't know. Was, like, something it, was. It, it was him, right? Yeah. Yeah, It was it was pretty yeah. funny. Have you seen that, John? No, I have not. Oh my god. It's like it's total here at this dealership, blah, 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 like this is my two something Hemi is gonna wrap its balls around your neck or some shit. It was so He just kicked the window in on a Corvette. I don't know, but he's <laughs> done some cool I've never thought. He, he's done some funny stuff, man. So um uh, but yeah, no, I, I think I think realistically he um stylistically it just has to do with him getting the fight to the ground controlling the position like we just talked with Sean Sean Brady getting the fight to the ground understanding when to relax in certain positions because when they yep. get back to their feet they're going to be hard to deal with and Sean and Sean Brady was talking about the same situation how do i not get that pump in my arms and my back and my shoulders well, you learn how to relax in the positions where you're in dominant positions, you know, and don't expend a lot of energy. Make them expend the energy. So in this in this fight here, he Mitchell's going to have to make sure once he gets his fight to the ground, he's controlling it, but he's not blowing himself up in the control. So if he can do that, that three round fight, is it a main event fight?
3: It doesn't. No. Fight, no. So, no.
1: so no. in that in a three round fight. In a three-round fight, I mean, that, that's it's a little bit shorter, so it makes it a little bit easier to actually control those positions once he gets the fight to the ground. That's going to be a tough task, though, because Edson Barboza has gotten a lot better at scrambling. He's gotten a lot better at stuffing the head. He's gotten a lot better at fighting off the fence. I really feel like the open, uh, open cage takedown is going to be more beneficial because Edson Barboza has gotten really comfortable against the fence, getting himself back up and defending against the fence getting that open uh, open mat takedown is going to be a lot more key because he can chain wrestle a little bit better, keep his back off the fence, and be able to get the takedown in the open mat and control him from that because that's where your jitsu is going to play a better factor. So
3: if he can do that, I think he'll have success. What else there, Dave? <clears throat> All right, next topic. Kevin Holland announces that he's dropping down to welterweight.
0: This is one of those, well, you know, this is one of those ones you look at and you go, it makes sense because he was never a, he's a very, as you would say, tall, long and lanky fighter at 185, but never had problems making the is very easy for him. And he could go down to 170. The real question is his, his jujitsu is good, but he tends to, in a lot of ways, accept the position and not, you know, work at getting himself out of bad positions and he just waits now, he's had some great wins, and he's had some losses in his last bit where hopefully he's learned some lessons. You know, this is a guy that he's fun to watch. He comes in, and he's talking all the time. He's talking during the fight. He's talking to the commentators. But this comes back to, you know, just talking to Sean Brady. Look, it, it's, it's about entertainment, but it's about winning. And you got to start to get those wins, or no one's going to care about watching you. And so, you know, the move to 170, I think frame wise, he matches up very well with a lot of guys that are in there. The Michael Kieses, the Neil Magny's. He's got that same type of frame, and he's a handful. Is the speed going to matter as far as dropping down because they get a little bit faster? I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal for him. But you know, he was ranked, I guess, at twelve in the middleweights. Where would he be in the welterweights? Well, he'd be somewhere you know close to that same type of position. You know, obviously not right away, but he'll get back there. I think it's a good move for him. Yeah, him and Neil Magny would be a good fight. You <laughs> yep. know, stylistically, I think they'd be a great
1: fight to, against each other. My concern, though, John, is that even though he didn't cut a lot of weight, like Sean Brady was just saying, he walks around 195 trying to get to 55 would be death to him. But even though um, he doesn't, he, Kevin Holland doesn't cut a lot of weight, cutting 15 pounds to get to 170, that's the yep. same thing as going from 70 to 55. So it, it could be a little dangerous. I like to see because his body frame could put a little weight on in terms of muscle. So why not yeah. try to add a little bit more muscle and make it a little bit easier for you in just taking the time to, to put the weight on versus cutting the weight. And then you got to remember when you're going down in weight, you're dealing with guys. The guys that are there at the top, Kamaru Usman, phenomenal wrestler. That's predominantly who you, he, he's lost to, okay? Gilbert uh, Burns. Colby. G- Colby Covington. Gilbert Burns, who's, a I would say, a better jiu-jitsu player than him. You know? And so oh, yeah. when you're talking about who he's going to have to face in those top three, those top three guys are wrestlers and jiu-jitsu guys that are better than him in those areas. So where does – I know he can win on the feet. He's proven that he can win on the feet. You know, he's, like you said, tall, long, and lanky. He's got the reach. What is he, 6'3"? Yep. yeah so six three he's gonna be a problem he's gonna be a problem for a lot of those guys but once he gets taken down i don't know how much of a problem he'll be because those guys are going to have the dominant wrestling the positioning the cardio the, all those things that push he may be a little withered after cutting 15 pounds in the later rounds you know and slows down a little bit that could also work work against him in this in this uh this conversation you know i'm normally on the cut weight side as you know but in this situation his body frame can carry the weight just fine. And he still is taller. Majority of the one eighty-five pounders he's going to be a, a lot taller than a lot of fighters at one seventy. So it's just the weather. He'll, he'll get withered down, I think, getting to that one seventy. If he makes it easily, and then he proves me wrong, I, I, I'm happy for him. But I, it's I don't know, man. It gets a little nerve. It gets a little nervous. I get a little nervous watch, hearing this. If, that fifteen-pound jump is hard for everyone, John. That's the hardest part. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. So. That's, but, that's the whole part from one fifty five up, you either got fifteen or twenty pound jumps. Yeah. It's yeah,
1: because difference. if you look at the guys at one hundred eighty five, not a lot of them are great wrestlers. They're more no. they're mainly stand up guys. You know, you've got good. You got guys that are decent wrestlers, but not great wrestlers. Not like a Kobe Covington, not like a Usman. Now, Gilbert Burns not a great wrestler, but he knows how to wrestle, and he know has a different style of wrestling, that jitsu style of wrestling, on how he gets people to the ground. It's effective for him. You know, and he can attack the legs. He can do all those things to get you down um who else vicente Luque. that would be a fun fight to watch kevin holland and him you know you know later on after kevin gets a couple wins underneath him but steven thompson and him would be a fun fight as well you know you've got those fighters in there neil magny who else did we jeff neil jeff neil like those are fun fights when you get a little bit lower down in the bracket but when you get in those top three or four they're wrestlers they're good they're really good and i'm not saying he's not good it's just you gotta you gotta give him time to get there
3: yeah who else what else you got for us there dave Alright, next story is Kobe Covington coming out. Um said a lot, as usual, but one thing that he said was interesting <laughs> was that uh he he's open to fighting Hamza um if the UFC wanna match that fight up and he believes that he'll bring new he'll bring new layers, new techniques, new skill, a new skill set um that will that will be enough to, to get Hamza out.
0: Ooh. Well I, I will tell you this. There's there's theories on this when you look at it, and you've got a guy that you know is come into the UFC in uh, Hamzat Chimaev, just lighting everything on fire, lighting everybody up. Not even you know, I think getting to the. I don't think he's ever been past the second round in his career. You know, so he's just been dominant everywhere he's been. He's had some great knockout wins. He's had some great submission wins. And I think Colby's looking at it, and Colby's keeping his eye on things, and he's saying. You might want to get him early mm-hmm. in his UFC career and you know, touch him up and try to get past him so you can say, ah, I've, I've, I've dealt with him. I don't, there's no reason to fight him again. And that might be a good theory. It might be a good way of looking at it, but it also might be that you're not giving that guy enough credit. He's damn good, and he can wrestle with you, no doubt. Um, his he's cardio, a, it's hard, it's hard to striker. say. He's a better striker. Oh, he's a... He's a better striker than Colby. And so it's hard to say if his cardio can match Colby's and that may be what Colby is looking at is, Hey, I can push this guy and and push him to break. And maybe he can, you know, but it it ain't going to be an easy out. This is not one that you can sit there and say, Oh, that's a good idea. Get him, get him while he's in that position that he doesn't know anything or isn't smart enough, or isn't going to bring in the same, you know, fight IQ as you can bring in to you can do things that can push him over the edge. That's a possibility and I think that's what Colby's looking at. I think he's being smart about it in one way, but yeah, you gotta look and say, eventually you're gonna have to match up with him, so might as well make it now.
1: Yeah, you're gonna have to take that chance. And I think he's doing the Floyd Mayweather, Canelo Alvarez situation. He's trying to jump on him soon, jump on him early, be like, Hey, we just talked with Sean Brady and Sean Brady was saying like he wasn't prepared for the all the interviews that week. You know, the adrenaline in the in the the little jitters—they're real. When you get in there for in your first big-time slot, and you're fighting somebody in that top five, top six position, is that going to happen to Chimaev? Is he going to kind of fold a little bit under pressure throughout that week? You know, all the extra interviews, having to get your weight down. You know, and Colby's there. He's already been there, done that. He's fought on the biggest stage. He's fought yeah. the champion twice. He's been in there on big-time shows. He's he's put himself in those situations. He knows how to handle that pressure and how to deal with it all. Will Chimaev deal with it, or will he will he try and be too much of a showman and go out there and blow his wad in the first round, and then the second round start to slow down, and then and then Colby just run away with the fight.
0: Here comes you know, the Colby train.
1: Yep, in the five round fight, you know you could see that potentially happening because we've never seen Chimaev go past like you said, what second or third round. So if that's yep. the case, you get in those championship rounds, and for sure that would be a main event on some card. You know yep. so whether it's a fight night whether it's a pay-per-view whatever it is it's going to be it's gonna a be 5 event. rounds. Yeah, it's going to be a 5 round fight. So if that's the case can can Colby hold on for that first round and a half two rounds to slow him down and make Chamayev start rethinking what he's doing. Like, oh, man, it's not working. Everything I've done against him, it's not working. I haven't been able to finish him. Those are all questions that need to be answered against Shemaev. And Colby's, I guess, kind of being smart because eventually if he does make it up, you're probably going to have to fight him anyways. So why not jump on him now early? And if he does, if he does beat you, he obviously would probably be next in line to fight Usman. And if that's the case and he beats Usman, then that gives you another opportunity to work your way back up into title shot against him again. And you've already fought him. If you've lost to him, was it close? Was it not? Did you get finished? There's th- there's better ways. Because, look, you've already fought Usman twice. You're not getting another title shot for a while, buddy. And so if that's the case, Kobe could be looking at it like, hey, if I lose to him and he beats Usman, that gives me another chance to work my way back in for a title shot later on. I guess I don't know. That's the only way, other way I can think
0: about it. I don't know. So it's, uh, it's a weird thing when you're you're, you're talking about Colby almost thinking about it, saying, "Well, if I lose to him, then he yeah. beats." I don't think Colby. I don't think he's thinking. Colby's think looking thinking... at it to get an an early win over yeah. a guy that's still young in his career, and say, "You know what? I beat him." I understand. I I agree with you. I agree with you, but I also, in my mind, I look
1: at, like, on the backside of it all, the hype train it's would be It's not real. the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst thing in the world. If he was to lose to him, if it yeah. was a close fought fight, I yep. would catapult him into an area being like, hey, he doesn't drop too far. And then if he fights Usman and beats Usman if Chumaev does, then that gives him an opportunity to say, hey, I was close. I fought, you know, or we was a split decision, whatever it is it would just make it puts gives him gives him another nemesis that he potentially could fight again for a money fight or potentially yep. a title. Yeah. You know, and I know I agree with you. He's not thinking I'm going to lose to this guy. No, <laughs> he's not thinking that way. You know, but it's not the worst thing mm-hmm. if he if he was to lose cuz there's an opportunity there at the end. Uh next Div.
3: All right, we're going to hop into this last story. Um, for the sake of the algorithm, I'm not going to mention the, the illness here, but uh, Diego Sanchez uh, came out and said he's in hospital, um, and it's yeah. due to, obviously, the, the pandemic issue. Um, he says he has pneumonia, um, and he but then he came out and followed it up by saying he has blood clots in both legs. Uh, and I don't know you guys wanted to wish him well, so I'll let you guys yeah, know. Yeah, look... You-
0: the nightmare is in a nightmare himself right now and all i can say is man diego i can only wish you the very best man get healthy i'm sorry that you, you know you got sick and uh hang in there brother just you know you you've been a fighter your whole life fight through this you're gonna make it you know and, and uh, just take your time don't rush anything and get yourself back to being healthy so uh we can uh, have you around for a long time here bud
1: yeah i mean the blood the blood clots and uh, there's so pneumonia is not good yeah there's just so much i want to say but i get, like you said because of the because of the algorithm and things like this they'll they'll take our they'll take our show down or they'll stop it <laughs> if we keep talking Crazy. about this so that's the thing um i want to wish him well hopefully you get better and um you know and light up the the twitter channels and everything again with you know all your comments uh i don't know what else to say man you know without sounding too upset about all this stuff but like it's i feel bad for you i hope you're doing well hope you can get well and we'll see hopefully we'll see you soon dave you got anything else for us bud
3: no that's gonna wrap us up for today right
1: all righty all right well hey hopefully you guys enjoyed the uh, sean brady interview uh he's very talented very young um 29 years old this is kind of that peak time for him catapulting him into that top six position top seven position I think is where he's at you know it gives an opportunity to uh, see who's next I really like the idea of who he talked about potentially fighting was that winner of that Bilal and that Stephen Thompson that makes perfect yep. sense and uh, you know it, it makes it's it's fun there's a lot of hype around Bilal. Steven Thompson being, you know, one of the pillars of the one seventy pound division for the longest time. That makes for fun. Stylistically, that's a that's a horrible matchup for anyone that's ever fought him. You know, so that just makes for a fun fight to see how he can handle with uh, handle the pressure of t- getting getting Steven Thompson down or having to deal with Bilal's, you know, pressure and his output and his wrestling as well. So it would make for a fun fight, and that kind of gets him into that next part where one more win over one of those guys. We'll let him know that we'll let the UFC know, like, hey, it's time to renegotiate. Let's get this contract done before my last fight to get into that big money fight situations where you're talking about Kobe Covington, you're talking about Gilbert Burns and potentially even Usman and you know, in that mix. So Vicente Luque. That's where those are the guys that you want to make sure you're getting paid the most money to fight. You know, and so he's in a perfect spot. So if you guys are paying attention to, to young fighters, you guys are paying attention, you guys are in the UFC, you paying attention to this, you guys gotta be thinking like Hey, my contract, one more fight, they're going to want to renegotiate before my last fight before you start fighting those big time, those top three, top four fighters because the money after that, if you lose, it starts to, it doesn't drop, but it just, they have a negotiation, they have a bargaining tool to use against you now that you lost. So he's doing it right, slow playing it. Like Tom Aspinall is saying, you know, slow play it, there's no rush, you know, collect my money, keep getting some wins, and then eventually push forward
0: nice when it's nice when you have that record that you can put in front of them and say hey you know it is it is power it's part of having some power in the negotiating room and stuff and you got to really love the fact of how smart sean is with his career right Mm -hmm. now he's not thinking about oh i got to be super exciting he goes i got to win and man it's so good to hear a fighter that doesn't get caught up in what you know a lot of people do get caught up in is oh i want to be entertaining yeah i understand you want to be entertaining and like you said you can't be entertaining in every fight. It's, it's based upon the clash of styles and everything. Of course, you want to be, but there's going to be guys that are able to shut down what you do just like you're shutting down what they do and stuff, and it becomes the grind fight. And those are going to happen, but I really enjoy listening to a guy who's young in his career for the most part. He, you know, you've got to figure he's got many more years of you know big-time fights coming his way and he's being smart with his career. He's being smart about what he does. And he is putting everything that he can into being successful. He's not taking the shortcut. He's not doing the partying thing. He's saying, look, you're going to have to beat me at my best. Cause I'm always going to be at my best. I'm always going to be in shape. I'm always going to be prepared. Can't ask for anything more.
1: Yeah. All right, well, John, that wraps up our show, so make sure you guys go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code still. Every time you guys tag us on Twitter, make sure you use that hashtag #and still as well. And uh, pick up one of our shirts. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show, and uh, we're going to try to have some more guests. I think we have another surprise guest on Tuesday, so that show will drop on Wednesday morning, but we have a surprise guest coming on on Tuesday, and you guys We'll enjoy that, I believe, as well. So we're going to try to fill in some guests during these times where the fights, you know, are few and far between, coming up and wrapping up the year. And um, hopefully, you guys enjoy the rest of this year with us. Follow us, hit the subscribe button, the bell, the bell, and the notifications as well on our on our uh, weighing in extra channel because it's extra content, extra material just for you guys, John.
0: It seems like you know there's something about the weighing in podcast and being undefeated because you we know, we had Sean Brady who is undefeated and our next guest is going to be coming to us with an undefeated record. So that'll give you a little hint on who it's going to be. And if you can't figure it out too bad, that's the way we like it. So to everyone out there, we hope you had fun listening and we will see you.